Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the Gargoyle. And I'm Eric, a.k.a. the Chimerican. And tonight is night 48 of 60 Days of Halloween. Bum, bum, bum. I don't know why I did that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm going crazy. <laughs> no, watching so many this horror many movies. movies. Not even horror, just watching this many movies in the uh, time span that we've watched them. It's, it's a bit odd. Watching that many movies and then the fact that they are horror movies, I think, even makes it... Yeah, it's been crazy. And then trying to come up with things to say about all of them and not just being like, they're awesome. Watch them. Bye. <laughs> Why are you still here? <laughs> there have been some episodes where I'm just like, I am so tired. I just want to be like, this movie's great. Watch it. Trust us. Go away now. But I didn't. I have, I have powered through this for the listener. Yes, for you guys. Just think of all that we do for you, you ungrateful I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> think, think of all of the really awesome horror movies that we've been having a blast watching and talking about. I know. This, this punishment has been for you. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. So tonight is night 48 in 60 Days of Halloween. Um, and we're recording this one ahead of night 48 because um, at this point, when you are listening to it, we are probably on the road uh, heading up to Knoxville to the Knoxville Horror Film Fest. So we had to record this one early. Um, so if at any point we get some of our days or times wrong, but it's because we get confused by things. Yep. And numbers. And because we are time travelers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what's going on. We are time traveling podcasters. Yep. It's terrible. God. We, we I'm going to add that to my bio. Please time do. Tra- time traveling podcaster. We, we have spent so much time talking about things that aren't even <laughs> in the movie. So tonight what we do. is the analysis episode for Matt Mercer's Fear of Being Eaten Alive week. And um, rather than most of the weeks that we've done where we have like really serious and really like traumatizing horror movies and we need something fun as a palate cleanser, Matt's week has been more of an entire week of just fun, silly palate cleansers. And then, <clears throat> oh yeah, I guess I should like throw in something serious at the end. Tonight we're talking about Jaws. Jaws, yes. Oh, I'm so excited that we got to do Jaws during our 60 days of Halloween. I'm so thrilled that we're doing this movie. I, I love it so much. It is literally one of the best movies. Um, on the Blob episode, I went into a little bit of a rant about Rotten Tomatoes and how low of a score the Blob had because people are dumb. Jaws has 100%, doesn't it? Close. Oh, Tomato what? Meter has it at 97. What? Audience has it at 90. That's not so bad. It, uh, tonight's rant is for IMDb that its meta rating is only an 8 out of 10. What is wrong with you people? Jaws is a masterpiece. Yeah, I'm, I'm <sighs> honestly shocked that critics have it at 97%. Like, I, I mean, that's still fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But there is somebody out there who gets paid to review movies who does not like Jaws. That is just... Someone who thinks that Jaws is not perfect. I think that everyone loves it. Like, 97, I'm okay with. Because there are a couple of things, and I'm like, I all right, I get it. Honestly, it doesn't matter either way, but I'm still... I honestly figured it would be 100%. I really did. Yeah, but IMDb, with your 8 out of 10, what is wrong with you? This, this movie, seriously, is a masterpiece. Yes. The is. end. Bye. <laughs> That's been it for this episode. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I can't. No, we, yeah, we have to talk about this. <clears throat> can't talk about Jaws without talking about Jaws. Yep. Uh, so we're going to go through the same thing we've done on all the other reviews. Um, prior information, technical components, emotional aspect, rewatchability, and who do we recommend the movie for? So prior information for Jaws. So with Jaws, this is kind of 
This is kind of surprising, maybe, might be kind of surprising. I didn't actually watch Jaws until I was like 22 years old. So first time I watched it was like six or seven years ago. How, I don't even know how old. <laughs> five or six years ago? I don't know. I was. It was like sure. five or six years ago that I first watched this movie. So I was an adult the first time that I watched Jaws. Um, and then, yeah, it's Jaws. So it was one of those movies that I'd always heard about my entire life growing up. And for some reason, like I'd watched bits and pieces of it, but I'd never seen it all the way through. So I finally sat down to watch it and absolutely love it. Like it's one of those movies that I went into it expecting it to be one of the greatest movies ever made. And that's exactly what I got. Yeah. I think it's flawless. I mean, it's, amazing yeah uh my prior information is it's fucking jaws <laughs> like come on i don't remember the first time that i saw it i probably was older than a kid when i first saw it for the first time but i mean it's, it's a giant shark like who doesn't know the plot of jaws even mm-hmm. if you know nothing else even if you've never seen it you still know the da-da-da. like you, just that and it's like oh yeah that's that's from that like weird shark movie right yeah. like everyone knows jaws even if they haven't seen it, yep. it is so so ubiquitous in pop culture. It's just not just pop culture in like literally every culture, all cultures. Yes, even like third world cultures. Yes, they all know Jaws. Yes, I'm going with that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I, that's that's my prior information. I've seen it more times than I can count. Every single time that I watch it, I love it more and more and more. And the like one jump scare that's in the movie, I only consider there to be one jump scare. I, Even I though I know exactly where it is, it still gets me every single time. And oh god, I love one it. One of the greatest jump scares ever. I, I'm right there with you. Like it always gets me. I yeah, I was expecting it, and I took my headphone out for a second because I was like, the thing that really gets you is the music in that yeah. scene, and which is it almost is like a primal <laughs> scream. The way I don't know, it's crazy, but it's amazing. Love it. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to think that that's Richard Dreyfus screaming during yeah. that scene. But then he screams after it happens, too. It, like, you hear the scream, and then you see him scream yeah. afterwards. So maybe he just screams twice. That's how scared <laughs> he is. I, I would. That scene is terrifying. I would, just to add on to this for prior information, I would argue that at least for modern filmmakers, like people who are currently in the film industry, I would say that Jaws is probably the most influential movie ever made. I am a hundred percent on board with that. Like in terms of like you, I follow up on film news and stuff all the time and interviews and that I'm always plugged into that kind of stuff. And I feel like jaws is the movie that seems to come up the most whenever filmmakers talk about their biggest influences. Steven Spielberg almost always comes up, but jaws in particular, especially for genre filmmakers, like horror filmmakers, like jaws is just one of those movies that seems to have completely like, I don't, I imagine that if Jaws was never made or that if somebody else had made Jaws besides Spielberg, that our pop culture for today would look completely different. Oh, I totally agree. <clears throat> and, you know, it part of it is because it was like the first summer blockbuster horror movie. Yeah. But it wasn't marketed as a horror movie. It was just marketed as a summer blockbuster. And so people who would not typically watch horror movies watched Jaws mm-hmm. and... And, and he gets you that way. Like, same thing with Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is not marketed as a horror movie. It is, you know, a sort of like, it's not even a sci-fi adventure. It's just like an adventure movie. Yeah. And, but, but it is. They are totally horror movies. Oh, yeah. For sure. 
Yeah. So good. All right. <laughs> technical components. What What do you think Te- about Jaws from a technical standpoint? Technical components is that Jaws is perfect and every frame of it is magic and that's <clears throat> the end. <laughs> Jaws is one of the reasons that... Remember when we were talking about aliens and I said that James Cameron is a bit of a hack? Yeah. And I was like... How could I forget? <laughs> watching... Watching Aliens just made me want to watch the Steven Spielberg version of Aliens. Jaws is why. Like, Steven Spielberg is probably one of the best directors ever. And I know some people might think that he's overrated. I don't care. He he is (laughs) is. just so... But but he's not. Like no, he he is. he is he's overrated, but I also don't care. Oh no, no, he I was saying so... he is one of the best directors oh, ever. Not I thought you were overrated. saying he's overrated. No, he is a hundred percent not overrated. Like he is just so technically proficient, and like the scenes are beautiful, the characters are relatable, um, the music is captivating. Even though, funny story, he hated the music <laughs> when John Williams yeah, first wrote it. I know it's funny, but like Spielberg understands cinema. And in all genres, which is why he's able to span so many different kinds of movies, which Mm -hmm. is why he's able to put out Animaniacs. Like, he just understands what entertainment is, why audiences love the things that they do. And that's what what I think is what makes him one of the best ever is because he bridges, you know, commercial film, filmmaking with, like, more artistic sensibilities. Like, he is the perfect mainstream director who can also be appreciated by critics. Yeah. Because like he is obviously a student of film. He's obviously stuttered, studied the masters (laughs) stuttered (laughs) as I stutter. He's obviously studied the masters. He knows cinema inside and out. Like it is just one of those things where he is one of the greatest directors of all time, but he makes movies for everyone or movies in every genre. And he just is so willing to go out and experiment. And he just completely understands like the most efficient way to stage a scene make it look good, get all the information across, build up the characters in a short amount of time. It's, yeah, he's he's the master. Yeah, and like even though Jaws is, I feel like, a long movie, I mean, it's it, it's over two hours, which, man, especially for a horror movie, that is a long movie. I know, it's like one of the longest movies we've watched for this, because I, I was thinking going into it, I, almost every one of the movies we've watched for 60 Days of Halloween is been about 90 minutes and this one was two hours in it there have been several at the like hour 45 and even those have felt long yeah but but yeah over the two hour mark and it's just like i i don't want it to end i want more well and the thing that's brilliant about it is it's essentially it's two hours but it's it feels like two hour long movies because there's a very clear like demarcation at the very middle of the movie where it turns into something a little different. Yeah. Like the first hour is just kind of a straight up horror movie. And then the second hour is kind of like a shark hunting expedition. It's cabin in the woods on the ocean. Yeah. It's it's cabin in the woods on the beach and then cabin in the woods on the ocean, basically, which is great. (laughs) That is exactly what Jaws is. Yeah. It's just like, so it's hard for me to turn my brain off. And when I watch movies, even if I'm watching something for enjoyment, like I'm always analyzing things. That's part of how I enjoy Mm -hmm. movies. But when I was watching Jaws, especially this time, I was intentionally trying to find things that I did not like. Like I was intentionally trying to be like, okay, if I was going to be just like a hardcore, like movie critic, like what would I kind of be like? Oh, this part isn't. And I, 
it is really, really difficult. Like, I don't think that there was anything that that I saw that I'm like, mm, this could have been done. No, the entire movie was like practical perfection. And, and okay, Bruce the shark, and whatever he's dated, and so he looks bad. Every but, now and then, it looks a little fake, but it cuts so fast, like you don't really see him very much. Yeah. And even whenever you see him for prolonged periods of time, <clears throat> it's not that bad. I mean, it's still scary. Oh yeah. It's, and it's 43 years old at this point. And God, it is still such an amazing movie. And like the things that are supposed to play on your emotions do, I mean, like, oh, God. So when the kid runs out into the ocean and like, there's just all that pandemonium, uh, when, even though he's never referred to as Bruce during the movie, that's just like the name that the filmmakers uh, gave him just in terms of like the actual shark. Yeah. It's hard for me to talk about Jaws and not refer to the shark as Bruce. No, I know. I do the same thing as if that was like his actual name. Um, but yeah, like when they're on the beach and everyone's just kind of out there having fun and, uh, and Bruce starts attacking someone and you're not entirely sure who gets attacked because of just all the pandemonium. But because it's Spielberg, you have, before all of that, the kid going out into the water on his little floaty. And you get a lot of shots of him. And then you see that floaty coming back in. You're like, oh, God, it was a kid. Yeah. They, they killed a kid. It's Again, it's so how many rough. movies have we watched in the last month and a half that killed kids? So many. <laughs> it's, there's something wrong with us. <laughs> no, I know. I was thinking the same thing. And, man, it is. It really hits. Here's... Here's the thing about Jaws. I think that Jaws is perfect from the first second to the last, the two hour, five minute mark. Everything about it is perfect. But there are two scenes in particular that I think really elevate it to masterpiece level. And neither of them have anything to do with the shark. Mm-hmm. So the one that really gets me from the very beginning is whenever the little boy's mom goes up to Chief Brody oh, and God. slaps him. Yep. And she's like, my son died. That shark killed my son. And I just want you to know that. Yeah. Like you are really, responsible for this. It's, yeah, and it's one of those things, too, where it's like, oh, he's not really responsible. It's the freaking mayor's fault, that asshole. Right. God, he's the... Uh, but uh, the, <laughs> the, the okay. mayor is the villain of the movie. He really is. He's the true villain of the movie. And one thing that I love, too, I'm going to sidetrack a little bit from my two scenes that I monologue that I wanted to get into. Sure. This movie goes into so much detail. Like, I love all the little details in this movie with, like, just the bureaucracy of a small town where it's like, oh, we have to keep the beaches open because, you know, we have to get the money coming in because we're a summer town. And if the people don't come to the beaches, then we have to, like, you can almost sympathize with the mayor, almost, but not really. But I also love, too, like, there are points in the movie where, like, you just get kind of that idea of, like, how mundane life is on this town normally where it's like he's trying to deal with this shark attack issue but then there's the one guy who's constantly coming up to him and he's like i need somebody to fix my fence because of those damn kids karate chopping the tops <laughs> off of it and stuff like which is just the best it's so awesome like it just it feels so lived in and real and all the characters are so fantastically just they're just beautifully characterized or built up and written. And it's, oh man, I love all of the characters in this movie. Even the smaller characters are just so well written. But anyway, back to that scene. Like I love how, you know, when the mom comes up, she really brings it home and drives home that like, yes, okay, somebody really died. Cause normally in horror movies, when people die, you know, it's like it's written off or you see a cool effect and then you don't really hear mention of it anymore. But in yeah. this movie, it brings home like th- this is a real thing. Like people are really dying. 
and you already kind of get that because it's a kid that dies. And then just to like see the grief of the mother and to see like how Brody has to deal with it. Like in the next scene where he's pouring the wine in the bottle, like there's just great visual character work that goes along with it. Anyway, I just adore that scene and it always breaks my heart every time I watch it. The real scene, the especially because I think that that's the same scene, uh, like maybe not, but it's around that time when he's, um, when he's near his kid and like he has his hands over his face cause he's just oh, yeah, like happens in right grief. Af- that happens right after and it makes it even and, more powerful. And the kids like mirroring what he does. And it's just like, it's such a subtle but perfect way to show you kids are always watching what you're doing yeah. and like they're mirroring what you do. And it's just like it, it drives home how important fatherhood is just in that one little scene and like Brody realizes that which is why he starts making those goofy faces Mm -hmm. is to be like I can't show this kid grief right now I can't let this kid be as miserable as I am I have to be a little bit more lighthearted for the sake of my kid and he doesn't say that he just realizes that his son's watching him and he makes a silly face and Mm -hmm. it's just like oh my god so beautiful so perfect I love it it is ah man but yeah, it's and, and the one one of the other reasons too why the scene with the grieving mother works so well is because right before that is when the fishermen had gone out and caught a shark and they think that they've beaten it and they think they're like yeah we got the shark it's done like this kid has been avenged oh he's still dead like yeah. and you this is not a triumphant moment even if that was the real shark it's still one of those things where it's like this still happened and this still could have been prevented which we've talked about i think we've talked about this you and i have definitely talked about this i don't remember if we've talked about it on uh on any of the episodes of the podcast or if we've just talked about it in person that's one of the things that is so great about horror movies is when there is a traumatic event horror like it keeps you in that moment to say this is still a bad thing it's not like an action movie where someone gets killed, the protagonist goes out and kills them for revenge, and it's like, yeah, now let's party, woo! The protagonist goes out and kills, like, 50 people to get revenge on the one person that died or whatever, Yeah, yeah. usually. And then it's, like, allegedly a happy ending. Like, horror movies, it's even if the protagonist gets revenge, it still sucks, and, like, they're still dealing with that trauma. And, again, part of why Steven Spielberg is an amazing horror director he adds that little bit of realism of mm-hmm. like, yeah, they killed the shark. We're celebrating. Nope. Remember grief, loss, death. Now I'm sad. Yeah. Speaking of trauma, that's the perfect segue into my, the second scene I want to get into, which is, I remember the first time I watched this movie so vividly, this is the moment where I was like, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like during this scene, I thought this when they're comparing scars on the boat, <laughs> Right. And that leads into um, Quint's story about the USS Indianapolis. That scene, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. That is one of the all-time great monologues. Robert Shaw's performance in this movie is one of the all-time greatest performances ever. I'm not afraid to say that. Like, it is absolutely just fantastic. I love it so much. I love just the character work and the way that they... Just, like, the interactions between Richard Dreyfuss and Roy Scheider and... um, and Robert Shaw, like they are just phenomenal. I don't even know how to explain it. Like it just drives home how, you know, I mean, even if they triumph over the shark, there's still going to be scars. Yeah. Whether they're real or, you know, with like emotional scars, there's, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it like, 
it completely makes you reconsider the relationships between these characters and like what you thought about, you know, originally you think Quint's just kind of this crazy kooky fisherman guy, but then you realize like the reason why he's gotten into this is because of this trauma that he's gone through and it makes him feel like this real character. I mean, like it just really drives home like that. These are real people dealing with a situation that could be, and I know they're not real people, but it just makes them feel real. I don't know. I'm rambling at this point because I just love it so much and I have so many thoughts and, all right, Feelings so and, so here uh, here are three of the so scenes great. that for me make Jaws a perfect movie and make Spielberg like a, a practically he he is the Mary Poppins of directors. Love him so much. There are three scenes and they're much more subtle than those. I mean, like the whole Indianapolis story, like that is a huge thing. I I feel like even people who haven't seen Jaws know about that scene. Yeah, the grieving scene, like that's that's a longer scene. It's kind of important. So. The three things that for me are just like, mm, yes, so amazing. Love it so much. They're subtle. Um, they're easy to miss. And they are comedic, which. Oh, yeah. This movie's funny. Like it, this movie is, God, is so low funny. key kind of hilarious. There are so many times this time. Like I never really picked up on it the other times I've watched it. But for this viewing, I was like, man, this movie's hilarious. At yeah. Times. It's so funny. Well, and uh, Especially with Richard Dreyfuss's character. I love yep. Hooper. I love him so much. Well, Spielberg does comedy in such a way where it's part of natural life rather than trying to be funny. Uh, So the three scenes, one for each of, I guess you could call them the main characters, one for each of the people uh, on the boat. So one for Roy Schneider, Scheider, one for Robert Shaw, one for Richard Dreyfuss. Uh, Yeah, I'll go go chronologically. So the first one is when, um, when they're having that town hall meeting and like everyone's like oh what are we going to do about it are you going to close the beaches blah 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 blah. and then you hear the nails on the chalkboard mm-hmm. and you get introduced to robert shaw and he goes and like i'll catch there i'll find the shark for three thousand i'll catch it and kill it for ten blah 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 he's going through all of that next to him on the blackboard he has drawn a giant <laughs> a shark, of a shark eating yeah. a stick figure man i know <laughs> It's, I was actually looking last night, and I can you can. I was looking for a shirt. I found a shirt of the pic. That's a drawing of that shark, and it is so awesome. I need that shirt. Yeah, last time I watched it, it was like, oh my god, I need that shirt. I I love it so much. For one, like this hard grizzled. First off, the picture is just silly. <laughs> it's really funny. But this hard grizzled shark hunter is obviously the dude who drew it. Yeah. <laughs> and like just while people are there talking, just yep, giant shark eating a dude. That's what's happening. And now I've got to scratch my fingers down the board to get their attention. <laughs> <laughs> because it's never brought to your attention. It wasn't there before his scene, so you know he's. No, the I was one looking for it. it this time. I was looking. I was like, what is, "Are you going to see him walk into the room and, at any point?" Or and then I looked at the board too. It's not there. Yeah, he just kind of slips in yeah. in the middle of the meeting. And so it is so like it's so subtle. But it's just, it is perfect. I love that scene so much. The next one is with Richard Dreyfuss's character when you first get introduced to him. And there are like the people on the boat and whatever. Uh, uh, Roy Scheider's character is like, oh, tell him to get off the boat, blah, blah, blah. And he says something and they, whatever, just like um, the people on the boat make fun of him or something. And he's just yeah. like, hey, you're all going to die. But then the the bigger scene is when he walks into Robert Shaw's like shark hut, whatever. And he's like, hey, you know all those people on the boat? You told me to get off the boat? Yeah. They're all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so, 
he's so funny one of my favorite scenes so of his, good. And this, is, this is another subtle one that i think is great but like it just goes to show like how great the character work is and it it fleshes him out so well without just talking about his credentials or whatever or anything about his character i love it when he goes to um to brody's house mm-hmm uh, we, when he's got the wine and he's like, Hey, is anybody going to eat this? And he, and they're like, no. And he just proceeds to start eating the food on the plate at somebody else's house who he literally just met that day. Like they're yep. not friends or anything, but he just goes over there and presumes that he can just eat the food since nobody else is going to eat it. It's so, <laughs> and because he brought wine. So, uh, another like half scene, because I feel like this one is a bit more intentional and like, it's easier for people to catch when they're on the boat. And Robert Shaw drinks his beer and crushes the can. Mm-hmm. And then Richard Dreyfus like drinks his little water sippy cup and crushes that <laughs> yeah. little plastic cup. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I love then, the interactions with the characters in the end. It's so great. Oh, they have God. such great chemistry together. So Roy Scheider's character, like his comedic scene where it's just like, yep, you didn't need to include this, but it's perfect. When uh, Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfus are comparing their scars and they're going like, oh, yeah, check this one out. Check the, this was a Moray eel. This was all this mm. other stuff. And you see Roy Schotter, like lift, lift up his shirt, shirt a little bit. <laughs> like yeah. maybe he had an appendectomy or something. And you see him just kind of look at his belly and he's just like, no. <laughs> so great. <laughs> it's, because each of those scenes didn't need to be in the movie. They didn't add anything to it except for the fact that they, they add added everything, everything to they it. Do. That's what I love oh, most God, about this so movie. Good. Like there's there are a lot of things about like just how well he stages the action. Just like that last hour of the movie is like a total thrill ride. It feels like a roller coaster with them on the boat dealing with the shark and constantly being outsmarted and it's brilliantly done and I love the way that the shark gets uh like attaches or it like hooks onto the dock earlier in the movie and so you know that the shark is coming because you see the dock coming yep. slowly and then it turns out it wasn't actually attached to it. Like there's just brilliant ways of showing you the shark without showing you the shark. Like it's it's so brilliantly done. But what well, really makes the movie is those little character moments and how much you feel for those characters and how much you want them to triumph and return things back to normal because of how much you care about those characters. Yeah, it's... I, I love this movie And then so when bad much. things oh happen God. to people you love, then it makes it so much harder to take. Yeah. This this movie's kind of tragic. It is. God, we, we've spent a lot of time, a lot of time, <clears throat> a lot of time talking about the technical. Um, we have. Let's, let's dig into the emotional, which I feel like I know exactly what we're going to say. What do you think of this movie emotionally? It's all right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. You know, there's other shark movies out there. Are there? There's no land shark. It's no avalanche shark. There's both of which are real movies. Tremors is it, which is kind of like a land shark movie. Yeah, except it's not a shark; it's a worm. There's a ghost shark. Ghost shark. There's there's a movie about a ghost shark. That doesn't sound very scary. It's so dumb. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Jaws Jaws is amazing. Bruce only has one head. There's like a five-headed shark out there. (laughs) Is that scarier? It's dumber. But it has five brains. How could it be dumb? It looks like someone wearing a glove with like shark heads as fingers. (laughs) It's so dumb. That sounds awesome. Why would you watch those movies when you could just watch Jaws again? Um, because there's five of them. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, (laughs) Jaws is a movie that I absolutely adore. I think. Every frame of it is perfect. I am in love with this movie. I 
can't believe I waited until I was in my 20s to watch it. Like, I feel like I've lost so much time where I could have been watching this movie over and over and over again. And, yep, it's great. I love yeah. it. It's perfect. Uh, for me, it has all of the emotions. It is sad. It is tragic. It's scary. It's it's funny. It's lighthearted. It's encouraging. It's depressing. Like, I, it's, you get angry at some of the characters. Mm-hmm. Just about every single possible human emotion that you can have, you will experience watching Jaws. And I mean that in, like, the best way possible. Yeah. No, it is... Like it's like I said, that last hour feels like a roller coaster, but the whole movie itself is just kind of a roller coaster of emotions. Like well, because you get all of the buildup and you care about them, so that when they're out hunting the shark, you don't need to know what else is happening back in town because you have seen enough of town to know what's happening back there. Mm-hmm. It's it's perfect. I love it. Yes, so much. Love it so much. Yeah. How, how rewatchable is Jaws? Man, anytime. Any day and twice on the 4th of July. <laughs> uh, it is it is just a movie that I can... Uh, it kind of like Tremors. It's cinematic comfort food, but it's also very nutritious. Yes. At the same time. It is nutritious comfort food. Like, it is satisfying at, on, like, just a primal, like, entertainment level. It's got all the subtext that you can dig into. It's got fantastic characters. It is just like great cinematography. It's a beautiful movie. Like I I even watched it on Amazon prime. I streamed it and I didn't think it would look as good because you know, typically it's not going to be like beautiful looking on those streaming platforms. But on Amazon prime, the version they have is absolutely gorgeous and crisp and looks like it was shot yesterday. Actually, if it was shot yesterday, it probably wouldn't look as good as it does in Jaws. <laughs> True. Or in, in the original movie, like if, as if it was shot in the 70s. Or God, I'm yeah. all over the place. I'm sorry. I just love this movie. I'm excited. <laughs> so here's yeah. the only like slight deduction on rewatchability. It is over two hours long. It doesn't feel like it, though. The, but the only reason that I say that in the like... So there have been some movies that I would watch, and as soon as I was done, I want to watch it again. With Jaws, as soon as it's over, it's like, I want to watch it again, oh, but I'm, I'm too tired. So, like, that's the only thing in terms of its rewatchability is it is a difficult movie to rewatch back to back just because it is such a long movie. I could sort of see that, but I don't feel like... I don't know. I that, mean, that doesn't change how rewatchable it is, like on a day to day basis. Yeah, it's just like so with Tremors. I could seriously watch Tremors and then start it over immediately. Mm. Pieces, I could watch it, start it over immediately. Jaws, I could watch it and like, oh god, I love it so much. I don't know if I can start it again right now. That's another two hours. I think that if I had the time and the inclination, like and I wasn't tired or whatever, then I could watch it back to back. Definitely. I do see how the time could be, a, could affect rewatchability just if you don't have time or if it's late and you're tired or whatever. But if under the right circumstances, I could a hundred percent watch it back to back without any, I mean, it, yeah, any if reservations. It's, if it's 4th of July, if it's the summer, exactly. It's 4th like of July. Yeah. Twice on the 4th of July. You got to. Yeah. <laughs> it, um, but, but yeah, like other than like immediate rewatchability, oh yeah, totally. I, oh, I could, also could watch it every single day. Another great way Almost. to watch it, and I, we did this with Jaws 2, which I don't, if I, if I was in charge of this, I would not have done Jaws 2, I would have done the first movie, but at my in-law's house, they have a projector and a mm. pool, so we got in the pool and watched Jaws 2 on the projector, nice. and I was like, 
why are we not watching Jaws? <laughs> so that's disappointing. Be- because it's too good of a movie and you would have just been like sitting there getting all pruny. But yeah, le- yeah, exactly. I ended up, I didn't stay in the pool the whole time with Jaws too. So that's with Jaws, I probably would have. Yeah. But yeah, watching it on a projector in the pool is awesome but or would that, be awesome. That is a great way to watch many movies. Yeah. Especially now that it's movies. finally Any starting to movie, get, really. uh, it's finally starting to get cold around here. Watching movies outside on a projector around a campfire. Oh God. So much fun. Oh, yeah. I've done that before. I watched the witch that way and it was pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I've watched a few Godzilla movies, uh, or at least giant monster movies. I don't think all of them have been Godzilla, but yeah. All right. Uh, who, who do you recommend Jaws for? I recommend this movie for literally every single human being on the planet over the age of 10 and probably over the age of six. It's pretty watching it this time because I was actually watching it under the like thinking about like, okay, would my kids watch this movie? And I really want them to watch it, but it's pretty violent at times. So I don't know. Ian's a and I think he could handle it. But I would still be still, a little. Still cover his eyes for the uh, underwater jump scare. Yeah. Well, I don't know because I want him to see that jump scare because it's awesome, and I want to just watch him react to it. That's that's a pre- purely selfish reason. I just want to see him jump at the jump scare with the yeah, severed head. Yeah, but, but that like it it still creeps it, me out. I know what's happening, but it still creeps me out whenever so I creepy. see it. It really is. That's why. I, yeah, you're right. I probably should. Anyway, so yeah, literally every single human over the age of ten, and probably half. Of the population under the age of 10. (laughs) I recommend it for... uh, It's a very similar response. Literally everyone with parental guidance for anyone under the age of 8. Yeah. But, like, I think that you could watch this with kids. It would creep them out and they wouldn't want to go swimming. But... Well, I mean, you have to think, too, when this movie came out, it was a blockbuster because parents were taking their kids to see this movie kind of like with something like Jurassic Park. I mean, it is a movie that I think is kid friendly to a certain degree, but you definitely have to be there with your kid. You have to watch, like you don't want to let them watch it by themselves. Well, and like so many other horror movies about it. Yeah. Like part of the reason that uh, like Jurassic Park or Jaws work so well, so many other horror movies, it's harder to explain to kids that, this thing is not going to come out and get them because whatever that monster is, it's like a sentient being that is doing something on purpose, mm-hmm. you know, like trying to convince a kid that Freddy isn't going to kill you in your sleep. That's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Trying to convince someone that uh, Mike Myers isn't going to bust into your house just cause it's harder to do, but to convince someone dinosaurs are extinct, it's easy or like, no, you're fine. A great white shark isn't going to eat you. And then, like, you get them into Shark Week and show them this is why sharks are amazing and why they are such beautiful, wonderful creatures that should not be attacked and hunted. Yeah. But, like, it's like you're not in the ocean. You're fine. So, I I don't know. I feel like literally everyone with the parent gauging whether or not their kid can handle it under the age of, you know, I said eight initially, under the age of ten. Parents need to determine whether or not their kid can handle it. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Neil watched it with me last night. (laughs) At the ripe young age of, what, two months old? Three months old? I made sure his head was turned away when it got (laughs) to the underwater jump scare. But other than that, he was watching it. Nice. I love it. (laughs) I also think (laughs) that... He slept right through some of those shark attacks. I also also think that, um, to kind of further expand upon the recommendation, 
particularly if you're like going to a film school or you're in some kind of film studies program or something, this is like ground zero yeah. for film school. Like this is one of those film schools in a film movie. Like it is, you can learn so much about just music and editing and shot composition and just like how to stage action and how to build characters visually. And so much like you can learn so much about making a movie just from watching jaws repeatedly. So I have uh, an additional like very specific recommendation as well. Anyone who is in the mood to watch a James Cameron movie. (laughs) that watch you jaws want, instead you want to watch a james cameron movie put on jaws instead okay <laughs> yeah. unless it's terminator 2 i no. even then no yes terminator 2 is mm. i i have nothing against james cameron i just love St- steven spielberg so much yeah sure terminator 2 is my first favorite movie of all time so but I'm, jaws is better I'm very protective of it it is better i agree it's better than terminator so 2. if you're in the mood to watch terminator 2 just watch jaws instead <laughs> you could literally say that about any movie if yes. you're in the mood to ever watch a movie under any circumstances watch jaws instead next year 60 days of jaws <laughs> <laughs> and we're still doing 60 days of podcasts <laughs> yep. we could just go go through the movie like one scene at a time no the well, i mean no watch it every single day but then each podcast can focus on different scenes that's not going to happen we're not going to do 60 days of jaws <laughs> now i feel like we have to we might at some point do an entire week of jaws like during the summer but instead of shark week we do jaws week yes it's just watching it over and over maybe like bringing someone else in who had never seen it or oh another recommendation yeah. if you feel like watching any of the sequels to jaws Watch Jaws instead. Yeah. 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 See, because that's what I've done. I've never seen any of the sequels to Jaws because <laughs> every time I think about Jaws. it, I just rewatch Jaws. <laughs> if you're in the mood for Jaws on land, watch Tremors. Yeah, there you go. That's true. Yep. All right, Eric, where can people find you? <laughs> Not in the water. <laughs> Not after today. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at the Chimerican. There can... are sharks on Twitter. <laughs> There's Mercer Shark on Twitter. <laughs> hey There is a Mercer Shark. <laughs> Anywho. We're so dumb. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at the Chimerican. Uh, you could find me on other places that I can't think of right now. You find Instagram, me on Instagram at Chimerican Reviews. Yeah, that one. Uh, you could find my personal account uh, at Eric J A Y Harris on Twitter, and then uh, my letterboxed account is Eric J A Y. And you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at the Gargoyle Podcast, on Twitter at Gargoyle Podcast, and on Letterboxd at the Gargoyle. And if you enjoyed this episode, or if you've enjoyed any of the episodes that we've done over the last month and a half, uh, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Anchor.fm. Just do a search for. Uh, the Gargoyle Podcast, and you can find links to uh, all of our social media and all of the potential podcast places on the website at gargoylereviews.wixsite.com slash thegargoyle. And if you have been enjoying these episodes, let us know. Leave some feedback, leave some comments, let us know what scares you, let us know what movies you would put in a week devoted to your fear, and what palate cleanser you would include at the end of the week. 
And if you enjoy like getting out of your house and going to movies, there are a whole lot of things that you can be doing in the Southeast Tennessee region. Um, Frightening Ass Film Fest is next weekend at this point, October 27th through 28th. And that is in Chattanooga. Uh, it's an amazing horror film fest. Great lineup this year. Been the last few years, but I'm not sure if my schedule is going to allow me to make it down this year, but I'm certainly going to do my best to be there. The Knoxville Horror Film Fest is, by the time this episode is released, currently going on. Um, as a reminder, we recorded this before we actually left for Knoxville. Um, but today is only Thursday for the listeners. Um so there is still tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday, still a whole lot of horror goodness that is going on in Knoxville. So uh, yeah, if you're looking for something to do this weekend and you live near Knoxville, then get up to the Knoxville Horror Film Fest. It is amazing. And then come find me and Eric and tell us who you think is better, Steven Spielberg or Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I thought you were going to say who you think is better, <laughs> the Gargoyle or the Chimerican, <laughs> which that would be interesting as well. Uh, no, Steven Spielberg or James Cameron. Uh, yeah, if you like Nathan talking, I will tell you you're wrong if you pick James Cameron. I will absolutely tell you that you're wrong because Steven because Spielberg is better. We'll do a poll on Twitter, and then if you uh, select James Cameron, we're just going to delete your response. <laughs> It'll just be who is the better director, Steven Spielberg or, or Steve. the wrong answer, <laughs> Steven Bil- Spielberg or Steven Spielberg. <laughs> If you like talking about horror movies, find us at Knoxville Horror Film Fest. Um, I'll be the bald dude with a beard. It's not going to narrow it down, but, uh, you know, it's at least a starting point. Uh, that's Knoxville. Oh, uh, Central Cinema, which is where Knoxville Horror Film Fest is taking place. Um, they, they show movies all year round, and they always have an amazing lineup of films. So even if you can't make it out to the Knox Horror Fest, at least get out to Central Cinema and um, support them in their indie cinema nest because you know what there's not enough indie theaters out there and uh we definitely want to see uh, central cinema uh, succeed so get out there show them your love show them your support if you live in cleveland or if you live near cleveland there are things going on here as well the brad god cleveland, cleveland bradley public library and i always like mix that one county up. public library yeah because it is both for cleveland city and bradley county but I feel like they could have just like called it the Bradley County Public Library that would or sense. Yeah. anyways, the Cleveland Bradley County Public Library uh, showing has been showing horror movies each Wednesday of the month of October. And the last one is going to be Wednesday, October 24th, uh, showing Dracula Untold. And um, the $5 Film Podcast and the Gargoyle Podcast have teamed up to bring you family-friendly Fright Nights at the venue Creekside. And uh, the next one is... It, let's see, this episode is getting put out on Thursday. So the next one is tomorrow, uh, Friday the 19th, and that is going to be Gremlins. And then the next one is uh, next Friday, um, October 26th, and we're showing The Monster Squad. $5 entrance to the movie, $5 all-you-can-eat tacos, and then Rob Alderman from the $5 Film Podcast and I will talk movies and ask some silly trivia questions. So come on out to that. And again, it is family-friendly, so bring your kids. It's a lot of fun. And if you can't make it out to any of that, then at least get together with your friends and put on your own movie nights. Um, we have gone through lots of movies that we recommend, uh, but the three most recent, the entire Tremors series, uh, the uh, double features of Thing from Another Planet with The Thing, The Fly with The Fly, and uh, The Blob with The Blob, and the most current recommendation, just watching Jaws four times in a row. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. So. 
If none of those sound like fun, then first off, what's wrong with you? All of those are awesome. Um, but uh, but if those aren't really your speed or if you're looking for something different, something new, reach out to myself or Eric and we'll be glad to provide some movie recommendations uh, for what to do for some horror movie nights. You did it. That's, that's almost all of it. Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow's episode is the analysis episode with Matt Mercer. It's going to be a lot of fun. A.K.A. Mercer Shark. A.K.A. Mercer Shark. He is do, the do, shark do, on do, Twitter. Do, do, do. Um, I'm going to re- exclusively refer to him as Mercer Shark. <laughs> he will jump through the computer and eat your face. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, yeah, Matt is an awesome guy. Uh, talked to him a few times, and he is just so much fun to talk to. So definitely check out tomorrow's episode, which, again, we're recording before Friday, but it is being put out on Friday because we're time travelers. And then... After the analysis episode, you will have our coverage from the Knoxville Horror Film Fest and then our last episodes leading up to the end of our two-month run before we take a break to watch movies. Exactly. (laughs) We'll take like a (laughs) three-day break and come back like, hey, guys, we missed you. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, uh, tomorrow's the analysis episode, then the Knoxville Horror Film Fest um, episodes, and then the final episodes leading up to day 60, leading up to Halloween. All right. That's been it for this episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the Gargoyle. And I'm Eric, a.k.a. the Chimerican. And remember, kids, um, stay out of the water unless you like giant sharks, in which case go in the water. Go pet them. But watch out for their teeth because they have lots of teeth. And their teeth grow back. They do. Even when they lose them. I don't understand how that works. It's uh, it's like those old pencils, uh, but not <laughs> not the clicky ones, but the ones where when the letter would run out, you just like push it through. <laughs> push it back in. <laughs> and the, the tip went out and another one came in. Yeah. So wait, they go they go find their old teeth. Yes. <laughs> eat them and then they... Oh my God. Sharks are tooth fairies. They come out of the water at night. Go into children's oh. bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> this is a script we are going to be writing about the tooth. How the tooth fairy is a great white shark <laughs> going into your kids' rooms at night to eat their teeth. This is this is great. This is this needs to be a real movie. I would watch it. I, I would totally watch that movie. Except, and, I would probably watch Jaws Dead. But and and it's I just Vin Diesel in a shark outfit. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Dwayne Johnson. Well, Wait, he already which did, he which already, one was the Tooth Fairy? Was he it? Did the, he, it was Dwayne Johnson, yeah. Okay. He, he was the Tooth Fairy. Vin Diesel was the pacifier. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just The Rock in a shark outfit. <laughs> going in, eating kids' teeth. It would be like in a Moana when he, when he transforms into a shark <laughs> and is like a shark-human hybrid. <laughs> so this is simultaneously the worst <laughs> and the best ending that we've done so far. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. All right, go watch Jaws. It's awesome. Just just do it. Then go watch other horror movies and then watch Jaws again. I can't believe that we somehow managed to mention the pacifier and the tooth fairy <laughs> in our Jaws podcast episode. Hey, there's a double feature for you. Do a pacifier and tooth fairy. Or watch Jaws instead. Or watch... <laughs> That's my life motto. You could do this, or you could watch Jaws instead. Your kids are going to start repeating that back to you. Just, Ian, go clean your room. I'm going to watch Jaws instead. All right? Yeah. (laughs) I'll be like, yeah, that's cool. Go for it. (laughs) That would be an inarguable. That would be inarguable for me. Oh. Bye. Ta-da.
Santana. <laughs> so bad.